You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. And it'll not, it won't be enough to see a more diverse neoliberalism in response to the last four years of neo-fascism. We're, we're going to have to see if the inclusion of more diverse voices will allow that those who are now being included will allow those voices to change the very systems that they're joining. This is Herb Montgomery, and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. This is episode 359, and our title this week is Salt, Light, and Cautious Optimism. Let's talk about that salt first. In Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, we read in Matthew 5, 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Audiences matter, and Jesus directed these words to people in his society who face daily oppression under Rome and marginalization within their own Jewish community. Many of them would have been farm workers. In the first century, farms, farmers used salt as, as fertilizer to, that was added to manure to enrich their soil. So with this metaphor, Jesus encourages his listeners listeners to more fully engage their world, not to try to escape it. They're to re-enrich the nutrient-depleted soil of this earth, uh, to place their focus on this world, not the, the, the next. He directs his audience away from escape, and, and then he empowers them to make a difference in the world that they live in. Imagine it this way. Compassion and safety for everyone are just two plants that grow in the soil of a healthy society. When certain voices are marginalized or pushed to the fringes, however, their absence depletes the social soil. Jesus is telling the marginalized and oppressed that they are the salt of the earth. Their inclusion can give back to the soil of a society the nutrients of a wider consciousness and perspective that enables compassion and safety for everyone to grow again. Including marginalized voices means integrating the many diverse experiences of life into a very meaningful and coherent whole. Inclusion it uproots the, the weeds of fear and insecurity, and it provides instead a rich soil for society to produce compassion in, in the place of those weeds. We in the U.S. have just gone through more than four years of our society enduring the depletion of compassion and safety for those who, who share this globe with us, but whom our, our system uh, our systems force those voices, those people to live on the fringes. Today's passage, it, it, it can remind us that, that they are the salt or, or the fertilizer and their voices will return to the soil the nutrients that, that 
need added back to our society. Jesus's shared table is not homogenous. It's it's a a heterogeneous table that can share our unique and different life experiences. It can form a more beautiful and coherent worldview and and with others, it can make this world a safer, more compassionate place for all of us. And through this teaching, Jesus is saying that it's the subordinated, it's the oppressed, it's the marginalized. That's his audience who uh, can restore the nutrients of society's depleted soil. It's the disinherited who are the the salt of the earth. Again, though, merely just, just mere diversity is not the goal. A safe and just world for everyone where everyone can call our world home is the goal. And it'll not it won't be enough to see a more diverse neoliberalism in response to the last four years of neo-fascism. We're we're gonna have to see if the inclusion of more diverse voices will allow that those who are now being included will allow those voices to change the very systems that they're joining. And I have hope, but we'll we'll see. Let's talk about that metaphor of light next. In in Matthew's passage, Matthew 5 Uh, 14 through 15, that's the next imagery. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. When we understand Jesus's audience to be disinherited Jews under Rome, those who are pressed down and and silenced, even among the ones who are forced to, to live on on Jewish society's fringes, it becomes empowering to hear Jesus affirm that they are the light of the world. Jesus is investing those around him with value, and he's telling them not to hide their light. They are to let their light shine. Over the last four years, again, some of you who are reading this article or or listening to this podcast, you've been told that your voice is not welcome, that you've been made to feel uh, like you're and other. And to you, first and foremost, Jesus would say, you are the very light that this society needs. And there's also another truth to what Jesus is saying here. Too often, Christians have taken for granted that they are the light of the world, when, when, when they have in fact called for the exclusion of those who are unlike them, whether it be with banning Muslims or silencing of women's voices or black voices pushed aside by white supremacy, the poor marginalized by the rich, or or those who belong to the LGBTQ community excluded by Christians. And yes, there are exceptions, but some Christians have spent the last several years making the loudest calls for certain voices and certain stories to be pushed to the margins. And again, when anyone's voice, anyone's story is shut out from Jesus' shared table, the absence of those voices will harm us all. The, The excluded and the marginalized in every situation are Jesus's light that must be brought back. When Christians exclude and marginalize, they cease to be light. And it would be well for those who have historically claimed to be the light of the world to listen to Jesus's words here. The community to which Jesus is speaking is one whose theism, morality, and ethics had been shaped through the interpretations of the Torah 
uh, by the social elite. And to get through to the people, Jesus must first disturb their confidence in these interpretations. Repeatedly in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus points out the inadequacy of the approved teachings of the elite. In verse 17, Jesus says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Uh, to, to fulfill in this verse is, is the, the Greek word uh, pleru, and it, it means to complete or to make more full. And in that, the very next verse, Jesus says, truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the slightest letter or the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. He's talking about the Torah there, until everything is accomplished. And the word for accomplished, it means to complete or to make full. In American civil mythology, we often use the phrase, a more perfect union. And I was struck during the, the recent January 21st inauguration by these words in Amanda Gorman's poem. Uh, she spoke, it's because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We have much to repair, not only from the last four years, but also from the last 400 years. And reparations is the watchword from reparations to earth, to the earth in the midst of a, a sixth major extinction event to reparations to the descendants of enslaved people upon whose backs U.S. wealth still grows, reparations to even first Americans whose land is still being threatened, and to migrants who have been unjustly treated to preserve a, a white majority in the U.S., reparations to the poor, to poor rural Americans as well whose few resources get redistributed to, to those who already have so much. We have much to repair. And now's the time, I believe, to begin. Jesus invites us to step into a way of viewing our own well-being as being deeply connected with the well-being of everyone in our society. If Jesus's disinherited listeners were to experience liberation, it would be because they overcame injustice together. No more exclusion of those marginalized as other. Jesus's new social order or God's just future, whatever you want to refer it to as, the text calls it the kingdom. It's a world where all oppression, injustice, and violence is put right, internally and externally, privately and publicly, individually and collectively. So, so, so now is a moment for us to begin again. We can exhale deep relief from the, the political transition we have just witnessed. And we can take up the work once again of pushing a new, diverse administration toward policies and, and systemic change that help make our world a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. We still have a, a lot of work to do, and, and not only to ensure that past harms uh, are not repeated, that we do not repeat those, but, 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 but also to ensure that that the future does not return us to the normality of, of the past. Heart group application this week, 
We at Renewed Heart Ministries are continuing to ask all of our heart groups not to meet together physically at this time. Please stay virtually connected and and practice uh, physical distancing with one another. When you do go out, remember, we, we have the potential right now to see this thing come to a close. Please continue your vigilance and keeping a six-foot distance between you and others. Keep wearing your mask. Uh, wearing a mask is an act of love. And continue to wash your hands to stop the the spread of this virus. This is also a time, remember, where we can economically practice the resource sharing and the mutual aid that's found in the gospel. So make sure that others in your heart group have what they need. Uh, this is a time to prioritize that have been those who have been who are most most vulnerable and who've been the hardest hit by this uh, pandemic. So number one this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's Eastside article or this episode of the podcast podcast with your heart group. Number two, how would you like to see society change over the next four years? What can you do in your sphere of influence to help that change? And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.